Days of Future Cast is a listener-supported podcast. You can come support this podcast and many others at patreon.com slash duckfeed.tv. Come check it out. You get access to a cool Slack channel. You get access to podcast early. You get exclusive content. It's a very good time. Quick note for this episode, uh, me and Gary talk about our letters that we got in for Days of Future Cast for a little while, and then afterwards there's a bunch of um, outtakes and there's one point where me and Gary talk pretty specifically about the ending of Westworld season one. So when you hear us talking about Final Fantasy 15 and The Last Guardian, it will eventually get into some Westworld stuff. And we do get into some like end, like last episode season spoilers. So just watch out for that. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. And again, patreon.com slash DougVTV. Jeremy Greer. I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast Listener Mailbag Edition. How are you today, Gary? Uh, you know, I'm I'm I've been better. But I'm okay. uh, I'm living. You living? I'm I'm, uh, I'm living. I'm I'm keeping on keeping on. Excellent. Uh my, my mutant healing factor is is working overtime to keep me on my feet. Do you do you ever get like a like you're sleeping or just waking up and you just get like leg cramps? I do. That, yeah. That's universal, right? Mm-hmm. Um boy, what a what a terrible thing that we just put up with that is because it's there's no coming back from it you know yeah we we're, and I, it's it sounds like a cliche but um we're not getting any younger and i hit 36 this year and i basically feel like my body is falling apart this is a uh, product feed podcast this is, has the highest median age oh does like, it really quite a bit like this is the yeah this is the old man cast because cole's a babby um i guess i guess brayden is is but brayden i think is uh Brayden, Brayden is also about that age. Okay. So me, we get me, you, and Brayden, and we're gonna do like the wisdom of the ancients, <laughs> and then everyone will think it's a Warcraft cast or something like that. <laughs> like, we um, should, if we're gonna do that, we should definitely make like the cover art and everything very Warcraft themed, but the content never speak of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> the content is entirely like life advice. Like, like listen, you may not think credit is important, but. Um, I saw the conversation uh, that was happening uh, earlier today in the Watch Out for Fireballs channel on Slack about um, anime. I guess anime got brought up somehow and about how you don't like it or something. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I, and I kind of I wanted to chime in, but I was I was doing some other stuff at the minute. And I was like, maybe it's just because me and Gary are old as fuck. We don't like your shitty cartoons. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a there, there's definitely a, uh, a element of age to it where like it didn't become, I mean, that's probably a big thing. It was like, it wasn't, um, something we were raised on. Right. So like kids who, uh, when they were young and like dragon ball was a Saturday morning cartoon, yep. like got indoctrinated dragon ball or like power Rangers, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, cause we for um, checking out comrade. I thought we were doing this game called chroma squad and we're not, but I thought we were. So I played a little bit of chroma squad, which is banks a lot on nostalgia for power Rangers, which like, every single power ranger could die, like burn alive in a fire. And I'd be fine. Like <laughs> fuck those guys and fuck that show. I don't, I don't think that's cool at all, you know? Um, but it, you know, it's probably has to do with being old. 
uh, just, just what didn't get me at the right time. You know, it got me when I was like into watching MTV, like masturbating to MTV music videos as opposed Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah. Steven like Tyler's you know, daughter. Just, thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, that, that's, you know, that's where I was at. I'm not trying to say that was cooler. That was in fact extremely uncool, but yeah, it was, yeah, we're you know, not, there's no better here. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, just different and kids today who even knows, right? Like I have no idea what they're, you know, who can, who can understand a younger generation. The, um, the last time I have friends that have kids and I would, there was something where, uh, the oldest one of one of my best friends was watching wizards of Waverly place. Okay. And I had like, I was just watching it and I was like, I had no idea what was going on, but I can't wait for like 20 or 30 years for this dude to grow up and create the comedy podcast based on wizards of Waverly place. <laughs> Waverly place. Yeah. yeah, man. The, the wizards of wizards, wizards of wizards of Waverly place. Cast. Uh, yeah, cast. <laughs> just, um, just do it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, the, um, we're we're yeah. old, but uh, in the meantime, we're actually going to do a podcast about cart old cartoons that are not anime. Um, yeah. What what are we doing this week though? Uh, this week we're doing uh, so we're trying to set up our rhythm for the show where we do a few episodes uh, on the cartoon or you know many depending on the season. Uh, one of the movies, and then we do uh, kind of a roundup because uh, some of the shows on the network we have you know our appendix episodes things like that where people can kind of write in. We want to have a place for that, but the uh, it wouldn't make sense for people to write in about individual episodes uh, and do off week episodes like we do for Bonfire Side Chat or Watch Out for Fireballs. So we're going to do one of those a season, uh, just kind of a, a a fun, super fun time goof around. Um, this first one, since the uh, you know the first the show is still new and stuff, we didn't get tons of responses, so it'll be a little shorter episode than normal. Uh, but we wanted to give people a chance to ask questions and give us prompts and shit like that, uh, which people were doing, you know, anyway, like people were just like, what do you think about this X-Men thing? Cause now that we're involved in, in X-Men stuff and, uh, but it'd, it'd be fun to, to, to talk about it on air rather than just answer on Twitter and stuff. Exactly. So. Although we love, I, I don't, I can't speak for you, but I love staying stuff on Twitter about the X-Men. So let's, yeah, let's yeah. get into I'm, it. I'm not saying we can't do that. I'm just <clears> saying if you want to, you can save this stuff. Up and uh, or you know ask us on Twitter, but then also shoot us a, an email at uh, dofc at gmail, right? Nope, dofc podcast at gmail Okay, because literally every Gmail is taken. Like yes. you, can't, you can't get anything on Gmail anymore. Um, it's a uh, yeah. You can hit yeah. us up there. You can also go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Uh, Gary mm-hmm. at duckfeed.tv. Any of those things will be a okay uh, for your days of future cast uh, questions. We'll file them away for the uh, the next season ender. Oh, you know what? I forgot to check the Facebook page where people can also go and, and oh. give us comments. Yeah, so let's uh, let's let's do that as well. The loosey goosey, this shit. I think. Um, um, what do you mean? This not a page anymore? What the hell? <laughs> it's, it's a page. I was on. That. We're getting <laughs> shut out by the government. Um, I don't think yeah. any, I think the only person that likes it is me and like my relatives. So I think we're okay. It's like me, you and autumn. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's just, it's just for us to talk about horses. It's talking trotters. The, uh, yeah. And, and Sam bear, we got, we got to give some props to Sam bear for liking everything. Oh yeah. 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 There's oh, man. nothing. Okay. There, so, so we're all okay. good. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, okay. Um, you should like us on Facebook if you, uh, if you're listening to this and you don't already. Yeah. The, um, so let's get started with, uh, with Sam. Uh, Sam says via email. Hey guys, what are some specific pieces of animation and voice acting from the X-Men cartoon that have struck with you since back in the day? For example, mine is the beginning of an episode. Unfortunately, I don't remember which one, but you guys will get to it eventually. When Professor X is under some sort of psychic attack and is screaming his head off. <laughs> it's like something out of an early episode of Beavis and Butthead, and it cracked me the hell up as a kid. Um, I should probably add beside Table Boy. 
So throwing in the yeah, table, uh, standard always, table boy. Yeah, you always need to throw out table boy. Yeah, he's like um, standard deviation. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's uh, so, so I have I have an answer for this, and it's it's mildly like a cop out, but I've I've got one uh, where because we're going to record this right before recording the episode on it, but even early on in the show, I was doing the the thieves and assassins thing from Gambit's Oof. back upbringing because that like that thieves assassins assassins thieves like that that whole uh you know because there are two kinds of people and yep. and that episode uh kind of pointed that out and him going through that little whatever you want to call that that little fit he happens uh made a big impression on me as a kid i'll go um and we talked about it a little bit when it came up but um anytime apocalypse is speaking on screen is some of my favorite shit in the world like that that voice actor just nails it more so than um i can't even remember the name of the guy who did it in the movie because he doesn't look like anything um yeah but like he just has a gravitas and like a like a cool like oh i'm gonna go to the refrigerator like it's like james earl jones is talking to you basically (laughs) i'm (laughs) gonna go to the refrigerator (laughs) it's really good um but in animation wise uh i can't really the only thing i can think of is the bad stuff like and this is a point that me and you disagreed on but there's a early in season one there's a scene where like wolverine is jumping around a sentinel while the lights flash on and off and that just struck me some of the worst bullshit i'd ever seen so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that one definitely stuck with me i think animation is harder for me than uh like still still frames Mm -hmm. like there are some like actual kind of still shots that are well composed more than animated so like specifically uh when professor xavier drops his watch and it sticks to his chair yeah it's like my watch has been magnetized and like (laughs) it's it's like a worm's eye view it's like up from the bottom of the chair Mm -hmm. you know there's some kind of like stylish art direction things that happen um not very many though and, uh, but the voice acting across the board is like almost per- like this is like definitive, you know, yes. like some of these are the best versions of it. Like you said, Apocalypse, this is the best, like, you know, we've been spoiled for great Wolverines in general because Hugh Jackman, I think, does a really good job. Mm-hmm. But um, this Wolverine voice actor is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. um, you know, like he's like it's, it's he says silly shit sometimes, but like this is a very good voice for Wolverine. Um, you know, a lot of people are just very, very good. So audio wise. And, and and the music is, is is good as well. Like the sound design in general in the show is actually really above average. I keep waiting uh, for uh, that 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 X Men TAS Twitter account to get, you know get their shit together and release like the hipster tape cassette tape to the X Men soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I will go and buy a cassette player so that I can rip it off so that we can use it for the show. Because man, trying to pull the intro, trying to pull any music out of the show is such a pain in the ass. <clears throat> and there's some good stuff in there, like. The beat that you used in, I think it was episode two of the podcast that had like that cannon air, like that beat was oh, yeah. so good. Like that's so much yeah. fun. <clears throat> they should, uh, they should do like a vinyl soundtrack, like a double vinyl, you know, collector's edition. So that's, I would have said that, but like, I don't know if you know this, but like all the hipster hip hop people are all on back into cassette tapes. It's gone further. Oh, sure. No, no, yeah. I, I, I knew about that, but the, uh, like a lot of like old things are being reissued on vinyl, like soundtracks, yeah. game mm-hmm. soundtracks, something like things like that. You That's, know, that street fighter two soundtrack on vinyl. Did you pick that? Sure. Up? Yeah. No, no. I, I bought the, uh, the shovel Knight one though. Yeah. Um, from the company. Cause that's one of my favorite game soundtracks and you know, it's gorgeous. Like the vinyl is colored and it looks really, really good. The super Brain hexagon the... vinyl is actually a hexagon. That's really cool. It's the shitty thing great. is the uh, record player we had, uh, was Brayton's and it was down in the living room, but he moved it up to his room. So, 
at, like sent he did that since I bought the vinyl. So I'm going to get this vinyl and not be able to play it <laughs> yeah. uh, unless I buy a record player, which I should do. Like I like I could stand to have a record player. I but, had uh, uh, I bought probably like eight pieces of vinyl during the time period that uh, we didn't even have a living room. Like we were remodeling. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to build a living room out of vinyl. Pretty much, yeah, that yeah. works, right? <laughs> My mutant uh, power is converting vinyl into energy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm like AKA a sh- melting shitty vinyl. dazzler. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, do you want to let us know what? Uh, so, thanks, Sam. Uh, do you want to let us get started yeah. here with Luke? Thank you, Sam. Uh, Luke, via the contact form, says, uh, mostly just wanted to write in and say how much I'm enjoying the show. The sense of humor is spot on for me, and I love the appreciation for the best and worst aspects of the X-Men. As far as questions, I have an action figure of Angel, which I use as my Christmas tree topper. (laughs) (laughs) What is the best way you have allowed the X-Men into your life? Keep up the great work. I'm looking forward to more great X-Chat to come. P.S. I don't think Toad is in any of the sequels, which I think he's he's meaning the mutants um, or the The movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry about our, our lack of fact checking on that. The uh, yeah, I read this question. This uh, what was the best way you've let the X Men into your life? As uh, what is the best way you've made one of the X Men come to life? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> very different. Uh, well, you see, I locked him in my medicine cabinet in the bathroom, and then when I opened it, all of the all of the X Men were alive. Yeah, shaman in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. The, um, or forge in the cupboard. Um, yeah. So do you, do you have a, what is the best way that you have let the X-Men into your life? I don't like, I don't really have a good answer to this question. Like, uh, because of uh, a friend of Duckfeed and regular co-host on the level Jala, she sent me like a Gambit action figure and that's on my bookcase now. But like up until this thing, like as much as I liked the X-Men and like had comic books and things like I wasn't much of a, like, I don't have any X-Men tattoos. Like I don't have any, like, I don't like display stuff around my house like a lot of people do. So I don't really have like a good answer for this. <clears throat> I went and looked for X-Men Christmas ornaments since, you know, tis the season mm. and universally can't find anything. My the, wife um, is getting into quilting and okay. we've been on the lookout for like X-Men fabrics and stuff. But like all of that shit is mixed in with the Avengers and almost universally looks terrible. Like it's just all like at one point I saw one that had a Mario, a Batman, a Super Mario, <laughs> Made out of Tetris blocks with a Wolverine oh. on the side. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? No. Yeah. I think they called it a nerd quilt. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's just a bunch of shit on a quilt. That's all that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't have a good answer for this, Luke. I'm sorry. Um, there's a gambit on my bookshelf now. How about that? It, that's the, the elf on the shelf, but it stops you from masturbating. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, no, like, no, 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 no. Save yourself for them show reason, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gambit show you how. Yeah. <laughs> Move over. Let Gambit see more. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your hand out the way. Gambit trying to enjoy that show. Uh, <laughs> Gambit is just like a night, like an early 2000s bang bus producer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. This is a real taxi cab. Gambit, drive it and take you wherever you want to go. <laughs> oh God. Uh, what about you? I, uh, you know, I, I uh, I've talked to before about. Uh, so I, I do have a bunch of nerd hummels and stuff around my house. Like I've got two bookshelves, so both of them have a bunch of collectibles and toys and shit. And then that's where like my Dark Souls statues are and. And various other uh, things like all my little Fallout tchotchkes and stuff. And uh, the uh, the two of them, when I, I used to have that like complete collection of Marvel Legends I sold, I think I've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept three of them. Uh, one of them is the Captain America I painted pink and put a big heart on the shield. Because uh, I'm not going to get rid of that. And how could I? Um, and then the two X-Men related ones is I kept a long shot. 
because uh, Longshot is my you know my favorite X Men. So I have a Longshot action figure I'm playing with him right now. Um, is up, and then I kept uh, Dupe from Ecstatics, um, who comes out of a little stand and is actually extremely rare and not. He came with the first uh, Deadpool toy okay. that was released for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, which is insanely valuable. And if I had sold it complete with dupe, I would have made, you know, like thir- an extra 30 bucks or 40 bucks, but decided not to because they made an ecstatics toy. And that's crazy because ecstatics is really weird. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know. weird when like the smaller, lesser known stuff actually gets some, some attention. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I didn't want to, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to be bummed out if I sell like the only ecstatic toy, ecstatics toy they're ever going to make. So that little dupe has been on my shelf kind of looking over me, uh, for a long time. And it's before, Back when this was, uh, Toy Biz used to make these um, before it was sold to Hasbro, and Toy Biz makes better toys. Like, it's a good sculpt, sculpt and paint. Like, it's a really stylish-looking toy. It looks like um, like something you could buy in, like, a cool vinyl show shop that sells, like, shoes for DJs, you know, okay. or, like, sells, yeah. like, blind box mm-hmm. Japanese, like, designer toys. It's very stylish in a way that is uh, that is appealing to me. So that's probably the best way that my daily – like, that is the X-Men thing I see every day uh, and is, is in my daily life. Unless anyone think that I'm trying to like be cooler than anybody, I have like five Dark Souls statues on my bookshelf. So like, <laughs> not cool at all. Like I just happen to not have a lot of X Men stuff. Whoever has the most statues is the coolest. I saw um, that cool um, like Emma Frost in black statue that like I don't know how to pronounce the name of the company like Fumajitsu or whatever it does. Like they do all those oh, cool sure. X Men statues. I saw that at uh, Lafayette Comic Con the other day, and I was like, hmm, sixty nine dollars, huh? Nice. <laughs> but just couldn't bring myself to spend the money on it. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a few more, uh, like a little bust and things like that. I used to have a little, uh, shadow cat bust and, uh, and things, but I got rid of <laughs> I all bet that. bet you did. <laughs> yeah, bust that makes me feel good, man. Um, Stevie says by email. Uh, first off, uh, incredible stuff this season. Thank you. Uh, this is the best possible treatment of the X-Men genuine appreciation laced with a healthy dose of humor and silliness. Laughed a whole lot and thought about how great Magneto is even more. Thank you, Davey. Um, a few questions bouncing around my head after wrapping up the season. Definitely not expecting to have them all answered, but I figured I'd give you all some options. Uh, jokes on you, buddy. We didn't get that many responses. You're getting them all answered. Every single one of them. Maybe even some <laughs> yeah. stuff that you didn't ask. <laughs> uh, looking at season one, uh, what would you say is the greatest strength of the season and what is the greatest weakness? Where does it fall down the hardest? Let's, uh, let's answer these in order. I'll ask them after we answer them. So we don't Sounds lose good. our place or anything. Yeah. Uh, so, so what should say you greatest strength of season one? Uh, what is the, the weak, greatest weakness? Greatest strength is, is definitely like the voice acting. Uh, maybe, maybe, t- yeah, I'll, I'll just say voice acting, like the characterizations and stuff, like they get a little all over the place, but like the voice acting for almost every single character from Jubilee to Apocalypse, even to like shitty pyro with the weird accent. Like is they're just is sometimes they're bad. Like uh, Moira has a particularly bad Irish accent, sure. but it's still pretty good overall. Like everything works. And as far as weakness, like I hesitate to even say like the plotting of the story because they're pulling a lot of stuff directly from the comic books, but it's also a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> like I can't, I kind of have to yeah. give it a little bit of credit for that. Man, I don't, I don't really know. Like, the music's pretty good. The voice acting's pretty good. Like, I don't. I guess like the casual misogyny from Gambit, but that's not even. There's not even a lot of that, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel bad, Gary. I think I've may have fallen in love with this show over the course of <laughs> Days of Future Cast. <laughs> the, like I would say, like so the, the you know the voice acting is very excellent. I would I would echo that. 
Um, I would also say like the the strongest thing I think in the, for the first season specifically um, is how it does a really good job of uh, portraying that the X Men are not just the Avengers. You know, it's not just a, it's not um, okay. uh, the League of Superheroes or uh, Super Friends, right? Like it's not just like here's a bunch of these action figures and they're gonna bang up against these action figures every week. You know, like it gives these external forces like the government and racial prejudice and stuff like that. Like I think the first season is the best job the show does of articulating that. Um, and that's foreshadowing to the rest of the show, which it never quite gets as strong. Um, there'll be like some episodes that deal with that stuff, but it kind of becomes a background element. And they, I think they did a really good job of putting that like right on front street, you know, like in the very beginning, especially like having Magneto team up with them at the end uh, yeah. is a huge thing, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, this is the actual enemy. Um, so that kind of like gray area stuff is really strong. And then the the worst part about it is uh, the cuts and stuff that they had to make to make these like six issue or longer story arcs fit into an episode where like characters will do things that make no fucking sense, which we call out a lot. And I think that it would make sense if there was some kind of internal presence or internal dialogue or like time for characters to kind of do some exposition. You know, but instead, the characters like, are constantly doing things that make no fucking sense. Like... <laughs> Um, forgetting they have powers, these things that make sense, you know, it's a kid's show. So they can't just have like, oh, you know, like Rogue is super strong and invulnerable and we'll just fight all of the bad guys for the season, you know, but they, in the comics, there's counters to these things. They can kind of articulate the reason why that doesn't happen more in the, uh, the cartoon. It's just, everything moves at such a snappy pace that it's hard to to do that. Yeah. You know, there are, we, um, we've remarked several times about how just insanely quick this show is and even though sometimes that works to its benefit, like sometimes it really works against it with like what you're saying. Like, you'd, like wait, what what happened? Where where did Cyclops go? How did they get across yeah, the why, world why? in two seconds? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to get bored because it is paced so quickly. But I mean, it, like, and, and that's it's not that hard to get bored because there's still like Savage Land and stuff. But the um, it's it's hard to get bored because it's paced so briskly. But it does mean that suspension of disbelief is important. Yeah, um, I think. Um, which character in season one do you feel? the best compared to their comic version and which one is the worst. Mm, I feel like rogue does a really good job coming off from her, from her comic origins. Like just because mm. we haven't had to deal with, and, and we're going to get to it because season two kind of gets into it a little bit, but we have, haven't had to deal with her kind of weird history from the comic books. Like in the, in the show, she's just a superpowered chick. She's, got a lot of agency like it's not until the second season that she starts kind of really falling in love with these dudes um like the first season she's just like a badass and Mm. i I haven't read a lot of rogue in the comics other than what she is in the main x-men titles but i don't particularly like her in the comics that much a lot of times it feels like especially in the early 90s she was used as kind of a like you know that x-men swimsuit issue where she's basically wearing nothing like i feel like that's my history of rogue right and Mm. yeah as far as which comes off the worst man (sighs) (laughs) maybe juggernaut juggernaut see he's i mean he's never that interesting in the comic you know Mm -hmm. like it's not like he has like a lot of pathos until later when they try to give it to him and it's like worse but the um he's very simple in the in the show yeah i mean like like, he's he's just very much just like a (laughs) big dumb bank robber yeah um you know could be could be anybody um, I think Rogue does come off really well in the show um, because they they kind of take her. She's like she has a tragic secret, you know, or a tragic uh, kind of downfall, but she's not like mopey all the time, you know. Like she's just kind of like she's she seems not like happy go lucky, but she's also she's like damaged, but not. It's not the only thing about her, which I think is a hard line to kind of pull off. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Um, as far as, uh, in general, uh, kind of better than the comics, it's kind of hard because it's, you know, the comics are so rich and there's so many different eras, you know, of them. Um, I think that, uh, Cyclops is less boring on the show. It doesn't mean that he is uh, necessarily great, but in the early nineties, like the time this came was around, like was kind of post Cyclops having a lot of stuff to do. Like he has a lot of drama around like Madeline Pryor and things in the eighties with X factor. And then the early nineties, like the, uh, early Chris Claremont years, uh, moving into like the Scott Lobdell area, everyone kind of became this like weird character mush, you know, Mm -hmm. like he's Scott Lobdell is not a good writer for, uh, characterization and, uh, Cyclops. I could like, couldn't tell you one Cyclops story from that time. You know, he's just, there, there was like nothing to him. Yeah. Not until Uh, like. I guess the new X-Men, right? Not until Grant Morrison came well, in and shook up everything. There, there's way worse. The, the, before that, there was this whole thing with like the nine where he became one of like uh apocalypses, like horcruxes and stuff. Like they did stuff with him. That was terrible. Like, oh, and that's the, the black bug room stuff is his memories of being possessed by apocalypse and stuff. So when they tried to make him like grimdark, it was super shitty in the cartoon. He is just kind of like a very like street for like, he's still kind of bland, but in a way that I think is funnier and works. Um, and then, uh, Gambit's way worse on the show. Cause you have his voice like the, in the cartoon, in the comics, like, you know, we, we give ourselves a lot of shit for thinking Gambit was cool when we were younger. Like he wasn't cool, but in the comics, at least he wasn't like, he didn't have the skeezy inflection. Like we could just read it in however we wanted. I don't even remember giving him an accent when I read it when I was a kid. I just I, thought he was I, like, I you know, he had either, cool like, powers, yeah. you know? I just thought um, he said share a lot. I thought that was cool because I had met a few Cajuns in my life and they said share. Yeah. Like, that was pretty much the limit. And your imagination is so much better at filling in the blanks between all this stuff than a cartoon can be that he just automatically was cooler because I thought he was cooler versus, you know, the actual show where I can see he's not that great. Yeah. yeah. There's a, it's there's it's a also, scene we're going to get to later where he takes off his trench coat. And I can't. It's, it's a ca- casual gambit that shows up uh, in one of these episodes we're gonna talk about is really special because we, we made fun of him for never changing out of that coat during the entire season and it's somehow worse when he does right um the the um yeah that's the thing i think about with voice acting a lot in general and it comes up on video games a lot because of most of our, our podcasts but like voice, everything being voiced is not uniformly good you know like it uh we you know we just recorded our watch out for fireballs episodes on, on episode on neverwinter nights and like a kind of shitty or hammy performance or a performance that's turned up a little bit or too flat can like ruin something that would be perfectly serviceable if you just let me read it, read it you yeah. know and it, it's a bioware huge bioware problem like it, as a old school crpg fan it's like every character in never in Baldur's gate had the voice i wanted except for the narrator and a couple of cutscene people you know uh and then but when you move on and you play dragon age where everything is voiced Ugh. you get characters that are you know this character is annoying i would never would have found them annoying if it wasn't voiced um, and, and that you, we run into a little bit of that, even though we, we have talked about the voice acting is generally very good, but specifically talking about Gambit here where like, if you just read his lines, it'd be a lot easier to ignore the kind of skeezy inflection and not lend so much characterization to it. Sure. Yeah. You know, so voice acting, not uniformly good. I think, um, the, my favorite way to do it. And I've, I've said this a thousand times in, in video games though, is like torment where you get one or two lines to kind of give you a little bit of flavor and then you back off. Uh, so then it's quicker, like I can read quicker than I can listen. And, uh, then if it's, if it is something that like their inflection, the one or two lines they gave them, if that's to the character's detriment, it's easier to ignore than constantly having them yammer at me. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, one thing I find, uh, Davey continues, one thing I find I like about the X-Men is that the origin story is largely baked into the mutants as a whole. Uh, do you think this has had any impact on the ability to tell stories with these characters? Um, yes. Absolutely. I think it's yeah, for we, the better. <laughs> yeah, we don't spend, we spend very little time on, it allows us to do the origins as flashbacks. Um, and the origins, in one of the episodes we're going to record about, we, we see what ha- Colossus's origin, which is literally punching a tractor. Like instead of it being a two hour movie that's about his like responsibility and a spider biting him and, and his uncle and stuff, his origin is he got mad at a tractor once. And like we can get we can just move on to actual stories with the characters rather than spend forever dealing with how they got there. Um, if you if you look at any of the Marvel movies, like the weakest shit is the ones where they have to deal with the origin. Oh, you know, God, like Captain that's... America one is so much worse than Captain America two. Uh you know, because it's like I would, we just want to have the characters and let them, you know, explore them and 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 go through the stories rather than just be like, how do we, how do they get there? This is I'm not the most interesting thing about a guy. Captain America One is only good because of Captain America Two. Like, yeah, I would because I showed uh, my wife that in opposite order. I showed her two first because she wasn't big into the Marvel universe, and then I showed her two, and she was like, oh man, I'm really into this Captain America guy. And then I showed her one, and she was like, wait, that's Bucky, and like really enjoyed it because she knew what, everything that was coming. Yeah. like o- The only reason that movie is good is because of that. I like the the origin stories, too, with the X-Men like being flashbacks, because usually it's a moment of crisis, and the way that that moment of crisis kind of reflects throughout their life as a as a superhero or as a supervillain or whatever is always really interesting like with magneto you get the very obvious like moment and you know the yeah i cannot where's my words like you get the moment in the world war ii um camps the internment camps yeah yeah, yeah. from the from the movie and like that's a really striking and powerful image and like all you need to do is show that one thing and then you're good (laughs) like we don't have to talk about super serums we don't have to talk about gamma rays we don't have to talk about really anything else. Like we don't have to justify anything. Like he had a moment of crisis, powers flared up. Now we're good. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Cause, and, and tying it into those real life events. So like I, you know, I said, Colossus punched a tractor. It's a little bit more than, you know, that. And, um, but you're, you're letting some of the, uh, the watcher or the, uh, the person in the audience do some of the heavy lifting for knowing the context. Um, and the comics don't always do this well by any means. Like, Magneto got like a six issue origins comic thing. That's about his time in the internment camps. And like, it's a fine little, you know, it's, it's fine. It's a little drama, you know, but it's not necessary. And having that stuff be superfluous is really great. Whereas like, uh, so the entire show can kind of explain mutants as it goes rather than Spider-Man with like Spider-Man couldn't start with Spider-Man two, where there's just a guy running around shooting jizz out of his wrist and like punching octopuses. Like it just, it, it just wouldn't work, you know? Um, so you, you, you can, you can start quicker, start later, you know, which is generally like stories, you know, golden rule storytelling, start as late as you possibly can. Yep. Uh, and, uh, mutant powers allow you to do that, which I really love. Um, and then, uh, Dave says, uh, Davey says, uh, thanks again. This is a great podcast. Uh, one of the best arguments in existence for backing, uh, any Patreon ever. Thank you. Uh, Thank keep you. up the great work. Thanks, David. Yeah, um, just a note, like I think when you guys do usually do listener emails, like Colgo Studio edits these. I did not edit these whenever I just put them on the page. So, yeah, oh no, it's okay. That. <clears throat> it it uh, is no problem. Just so what Jeremy's referring to is that when people say nice things about us on Watch Over Fireballs, we edit it out. But Days of Future Cast is still new. We're hungry. <laughs> get, those, yeah, we need, get those nice need, things. Yeah, bring more iTunes reviews. Send, just justification. I just need justification yeah, to keep talking into a microphone. Us. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Mr. Turch via email. Just wanted to thank you guys for another awesome podcast. I didn't really watch X-Men when I was a kid, but it's been really fun watching the episodes before the podcast and laughing at all the stupid but also cool stuff. Looking forward to season two. Season I've, two I've is heard, really special. I've, I've heard this, that, this feedback from a couple of different people saying that they're like waiting for an episode to come out and then uh, watching episodes and then listening to the podcast, which is like perfect because basically what i do to do this show is watch the episodes and then record the podcast yeah <laughs> so you're right on the money <clears throat> yeah and and season two is very special Ooh, like i think yes. on the on the balance it is probably worse than season one like in general there's greater variety but it's like it's the beat it's the second album you know um but it is there's a lot of weird shit that happens like it's very special. And good, uh, so, good and bad. Like there's some there's some episodes that I'm oh, really sure. looking forward to talking to, and there's some they're talking about, and like there's the three episodes we're going to record later tonight, which are just we're, fucking garbage. We're doing we're <laughs> we're recording the best episode of this podcast right after this, I think. So <laughs> look forward to that because it is it is three very special boys. Like there's no shadow cane to doll up the joint in the middle. So um, Thunderbird uh, via DM, uh, rest in peace, says uh, on Twitter. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, I was wondering if you could discuss on the show the unfortunate negative impact of the show. Many fans of just the animated series view this incarnation of the team as the real X-Men. Like uh, a new character like Gambit is more popular than Iceman or Nightcrawler just because he was a team member on the animated series. An example of this uh, is Days of Future uh, Days of Future podcast people complained about the movie because Bishop wasn't the traveler. I think he's talking about the Days of Future Past movie that just came out there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Uh, Days of Future Past. Uh, when people saw the Days of Future Past movie, uh, which sent um, Wolverine back uh, in time, as what he's referring to, uh, complained because Bishop wasn't the time traveler. Things like that kind of irk me because the character, uh, because characters like Gambit, Rogue, and Jubilee were nowhere near Phoenix Saga. Uh, nowhere near the Phoenix Saga when the cartoon they were there. It's one of the reasons I feel Fox can't satisfy fans of the movie because of the impact the animated series had on this particular whiny generation. P.S. Um, I'd love to go in depth uh, on some of the 90s X-Men games. Uh, X-Men versus Street Fighter. Uh, oh, nope. Something of, of, the, of the Apocalypse. Children, yeah. of the, Children of the Atom. And uh, Clone, Words, uh, Clone Wars. Sorry, sorry about mangling that. Uh, still Thunderbird. Did you know that they were developing an actual X-Women game back in the 90s, uh, but it got canceled because it was late in the Genesis life? That actually came out on Game Gear, I'm pretty sure. Oh, did it really? Uh, that, yeah, as like an X-Men game. Um, let me, I'm going to do some on-the-fly research while Jeremy speaks to the first points in that real quick. Yeah, that was just a perfectly, because I was totally prepared to speak to a lot of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't really get this a lot of times, like... Um, I, I I don't really I I get this the opposite way right like I I'm as coming from the comics I'm usually like looking at the external media of you know the either the animated series or the movies and going and thinking about how different it is from the comics like I didn't complain because Bishop wasn't the traveler in Days of Future Past I was complaining because um, Shadowcat wasn't the traveler like she was in the comic books but like obviously as a movie like you have to have a Wolverine in that movie 90% of the time or else nobody's going to go see it apparently so like you're going to send Wolverine back but but I definitely get the complaint like it's you know like the, the movies and everything being different from the comics at a certain point and I I run into this a lot with um the MCU right now you, I just have to let it go like I just at a certain point you just can't care about it like they're going to make their ad- adaptations and that they're different um I picked up the Magicians TV show. I don't know if you're if you've ever mm-hmm. read the Magicians books before. 
the TV show is like sci-fi, sci-fi garbage. Like it's not great, but it was <laughs> okay. specifically bad when you were comparing it to the books. And like they blew like some really interesting stuff that happens in the books in the second episode. So I just stopped watching it and then picking it back up again later is kind of like some background stuff. I started appreciating what it was doing more, but just trying to forget that I'd ever read the books and liked it more that way. So I, I try not to get too hung up on, well, over here they did it this way and over here they did it that way, even if it was better or worse or whatever. Like I try to let go of that as I, as I watch this stuff, especially all this like, you know, Disney owned cross media bullshit. Yeah, it, it's, it's very, um, so real quick, uh, it's actually Thunderbird is correct. Uh, I thought it was going to come to game, game gear, but, uh, it did not. It is a canceled, uh, so I had heard about that, but, um, and it's, it's X-Women versus the uh, the Sinister Virus. <laughs> so apparently there was a Sinister Virus. Um, that would have been cool if that would have come out um, because the first two X-Men games for Genesis are actually like pretty rad, um, especially the second one. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played that. It's They're hard, mm-hmm. um, but they're worth checking out. Like that, uh, that, first, that second X-Men game is pretty good, the Clone Wars. And the first one has a really infamous trick where you have to reset your Genesis at the end, like uh, Magneto says, like, you know, there's like a bomb or something. And Magneto's like, or Professor Xavier is like, the only way to stop it is to reset the computer. And there's oh, nothing yeah, for your character yeah. to do on screen. You actually have to reset your Genesis. Like everyone complained about that. And I think that's like Hideo Kojima as fuck and, and very cool and happened in like 1990, what, 1995, yeah, 1993. Awesome. So mm-hmm. like 1993, that's, that's, that's badass to me. I, I think that's very good, actually. Um, I try to keep the, the two things separate too. Uh, and the the adaptation is a really interesting thing in general, right? Like, um, because sometimes it's made to good ends. Like we talked about uh, Juggernaut in the third X Men movie. Like how stupid it would be to explain like, well, there's a war and a crystal and all these things. Just make him a mutant. I'm always in favor of things like that. Uh, I'm less in favor of uh, things that miss the spirit of of the thing. So a good example of that, and here's some some minor. Uh, Minor, very vague spoilers for Game of Thrones, right? So, like, Game of Thrones, you know, I've read, like, a bunch of the books, and I've watched all the TV show. There's so many things the TV show actually does better, and nobody wants to admit that, but, like, it's true. Like, there are things that the show does a lot better. One of the things they do definitively worse uh, is the, the the Jamie Lannister character who has kind of a redemption, so to keep it as, as spoiler-free as possible. In the show, that's handled really shitty in a way that misses the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book, it's handled very well. Um, so as long as you get the actual spirit of the media, I'm less concerned about which characters were there, the kind of trivia of it. The issue that I think Thunderbird is talking about is that a lot of fans of things are very concerned with the trivia of stuff, especially fans of like kind of big dork tentpole things. And I don't think that there's a way to win, you know, for the people who are creating the media. I think that they have to just kind of make the best, you know, if they're making the choices that honor the spirit and actually make it, you know, simplified enough to be comprehensible, then they're doing it as best as they can, you know? Um, so something like, uh, like the cartoon will never, the Phoenix saga and the cartoon is, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. I need to revisit it, um, for, for the show, but like, they're never going to be accurate to it, but if they catch the spirit of it, then they haven't done a, it hasn't been a problem for me, I think. Um, and time will tell, like I, I haven't watched it since I watched it originally. So. And, you know, he has a line in here about the uh, how Fox can't satisfy fans in the movies because of one way or the other. Um, and th- the whole movie situation is so weird with the disconnect between Marvel and Fox with the licensing. And, you know, at one point, or and it might be currently, like, Marvel isn't letting Fox use any other X-Men. They have to create their own, which is 
goes to something we said a long time on the show. Like anytime the animated series introduces a new mutant, I'm like, well, you've got a thousand in the series. Just yeah. pick one. And Fox is in that position now where like, they're going to have to start inventing random people. And that's not fun. Like, you know, in an X-Men movie, and the first one does this, the first X-Men movie does this pretty well. I want to see little tiny cameos from everybody. Like I want to see like yeah. the Iceman exist, or like, I want to see Shadowcat just running out of a classroom and going through the door. Like that stuff is super cool. And if you just start putting random people as main characters, I'm not going to care as much, but at the same time, I want to allow these people to also like tell new stories. Like, these, these characters didn't come pre-assembled from, you know, X-Men night, number one in the 1960s. Like somebody had to invent new X-Men. So, you know, they have a chance yeah. as long as they're telling good X-Men stories, I'm kind of okay with whatever they do. There's, so, there's such a um, thing with comics culture and stuff where they're so in love with the past, yeah. you know, and, and past characters. Like uh, the, the only comics podcast I listen to uh, is called House to Astonish uh, because it's a guy who used to run a website called uh, Paul O'Brien who run, used to run a website called the X-Axis which uh, reviewed X-Men comics every week. Um, it's up on, there's an archive of it. Uh, I highly recommend it. He's a really good critic. And uh, you can read, you know, from this specific period of like the early and mid 2000s, if you want to read a review of every issue of like Mutant X, uh, which I don't know if you knew about that. It's about Havoc going to an alternate dimension and uh, Storm is a Storm is like Lady Blood Rain or something like that. And she's a sure. vampire and like, it's, it's, it's pretty bad comics, but uh, you can, you can read about a lot of weird. And that's also when Grant Morrison's comics were too. So you could read a lot of good stuff too. Um, but their, their comic thing, they talk about how like hard it is to launch a new character for either company, right? Like comics are, are uniquely like weirdly up their own ass nostalgia thing where like, even now it's getting reintroduced. Like the introduce introduction of the Marvel, like TV universe Mm-hmm. means another way to repackage all these stories uh in like a real serious way like oh in agents of Sh- like i don't watch agents of shield but like oh ghost rider is there now these are stories from the 70s like <laughs> that they're able to repackage and it's just because it's a new medium and then like when another medium comes out like when everything is like a vr holotape we'll still be getting the phoenix saga yep you know rather than another new way stories. to tell that story absolutely yeah it is yeah. it is very it is you know, it is a very, very weird, it's not unique to comics, but it is a harmful urge. I think that kind of stops, like it is stops this, this. It's like Christmas songs, like how they're like, you know, there's like all the classic Christmas songs and then, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then there's like three of them that have come out in the last 40 years that are classics. It's like, all I want for Christmas is you last Christmas and simply having a wonderful Christmas time. And that's it. And then there are like no other new Christmas songs. It just covers of baby. It's cold outside. And, and other assorted date rape yeah. anthems. So, um, there's, there's one good Christmas song though. Now I'm trying to think of it that comes on at the the local college station plays it every year. They play it like 18 times on their playlist, and I can't remember what it is. It's actually the the cool Christmas song. Uh, Austin Walker was tweeting about it the other day, and I can't remember it. It does not matter. I, Who cares? I've been a, I've always been a big fan of Chorus of the Bells because it sounds like um like Final Fantasy boss music. Like it's very yeah. like dramatic and like it doesn't sound like uh it's it's about Christmas. It sounds like it's about fighting Vikings. I I don't uh, there's been some weird Christmas music in the past. let's not get to a Christmas music podcast, but uh Sure, we, that, we, that's we, our X X mess cast. Uncanny yeah. X Mass. Yes. Yeah. Days of Future Chris Days of Future Xmas is what we're going for. Yeah. 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 I like it. The Uncanny Xmas. That'll be our side podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um finally we have an email from or this was a tweet, I think, from um Thrindy the Snowman, aka at Thrinsda on Twitter. Um Is this uh is this finally? There's two other ones. There's 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 two There's other a whole other this. page, Gary. Yes. <laughs> 
I'm it's really okay, good Jeremy. at this. This is this is my first yeah. uh, like appendix episode, basically. Um, no. So not finally, but getting close to it. Who are your favorite and least favorite heroes and villains from season one? Uh, favorite hero? Oh man, I'm just thinking of this team. It's definitely not Beast. He's probably my least favorite, even with Gambit. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go back to Rogue. Like I, I really like Rogue in the first season. She's I mean, really she gets a lot of good highlight stuff. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite villain will probably be Apocalypse, just because yeah. he's just so much fun. Wow, that that roofing is really that's probably coming through on the mic. Yeah, huh? yeah. yeah there, there's some roof, roofing happening. People people please uh, forgive us for roofing. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I have to have a yeah. place to live, and it has to have a roof, and sometimes those roofs have to be repaired. But they yeah. told me they would be finished by now. But here we go. He uh, he he hired Gamut and Gamut thought he said roofies, uh, but in fact he came over to do some roofing. Yeah. So it was... and you might not know this, but um, like ten or fifteen passed out women that he picked up from a club. Not great rain protection. We have to have yeah. stronger rain protection than that. <laughs> well, you tell Gamut to do his thing, and he'd do it. No, you did not specify you could not use women. <laughs> Gambit, you can't use women for anything. They're human beings. How you figure? Gambit now understand. <laughs> Gambit does not understand human being. Gambit understand teas and assassins. <laughs> yeah, yeah Belle. She's the only woman I understand. Um, My least I, favorite I, villain so far would probably oh, yeah. be uh, Mystique. Because they just use her as kind of just like a throwaway throughout the first season. Like it's not inter- She's not very interesting at all. She's a henchman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to say... Uh, so maybe uh, for for best for both, I, I really like the cartoons handling of Magneto, sure, because um, he's he's a really great you know really great villain and then also a really great hero. Like that turn is the you know the single most impressive thing I think season one does. Um, and then uh, villain wise, um, so I guess that, that would be both uh, least favorite. Um, boy, like Beast, you know Beast is is very rough in the and I don't even I don't even hate him in the comics. He's just I think he's very obnoxious in the cartoon. I'm I'm with you. Um, and then uh, probably least favorite villain in season one. Um, probably Juggernaut because he's so throwaway. Sure. Um, there's yeah. like some fun stuff that happens in that episode, but it, like it's not. Uh, or or uh, the guy uh, with the bee on his hat from uh, Alaska. <laughs> like yeah. he's a real piece of shit. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> he's just yeah. the worst villain. Yeah. Oh man! His but, but motivation the real, the is real that answer he, part of it. He feels bad. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the real answer for that would be probably Sabretooth. Like I think Sabretooth is very uh, very frustrating in season one. Like bomb expert, maniac grudge haver, Bond villain Sabretooth. Still better uh, than uh, his treatment in the first movie, though. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I kind of like him in the first movie. I kind of like him as just like a literally a beast. Like I like him doing that more than I like him like inventing bombs making bombs in alaska yeah yeah <laughs> making bombing the inuit villages <laughs> master saboteur um yeah. oh man uh, trevenant says uh honestly it's been a blast you guys have done a great job uh as tour guides through the ridiculous world of 90s x-men really certain that i've scared passers-by with my horrifying laughs i've made listening to the show cannot wait for a season two thank you uh trev just because we're, we're kind of we're kind of short on on the responses, I want to ask you a question, Gary. When's when's oh, the yeah. time you've most embarrassed yourself in a podcast in public by listening to a podcast? Um, there's a and I this you know if if somebody was taping my entire life uh, and if they are they can check the tapes. Like this might not actually be the one, but the time that sticks out to me um, is 
the comedy bang bang the first halloween special i heard um they get taken over by this thing uh called suicide house which is brett gelman and john daly as two uh two like two ghouls it's like buford the baron and uh uh got the other name of the other one is escaping me it's, it's been a while and they've kind of run into the ground but early on they're just kind of like uh you know evil guys who talk like this mm-hmm. uh and uh you know you go to suicide house where you kill yourself and that that's suicide house um and there there's a part where they talk about uh uh something where they get well, this is a good story because i can't remember all the details <laughs> they, they get led down a a path where something there's some kind of implied like you know pedophilia thing uh there and they start backing off from it but they're just in character they're just like uh you know we no we don't do that that's against the ghoul rules <laughs> and and one of the guys goes the only ghoul rule is that ghouls rule and i think about that line like all the time and people have probably heard me say it before like the only ghoul rules are that ghouls rule uh i think about that all the time uh this is very very funny to me hmm. um and and you know it's a uh, super silly and 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 got me but like that that show is done there's the there's two characters uh on that show who play it's thomas middleditch yeah. uh from silicon valley and he plays they're two kid detectives and like it's him and lauren lapkus and it comes out that like they like kiss a lot and like hold hands and there's a, he's like making fun of scott ackerman he's like get rid of your stupid wife and get yourself a sister doy it's the best <laughs> like, like, like kind of like a kind of kid confidence like you gotta kiss your sister like pretty much incest like pretty, yeah, pretty okay. much like for some reason like incest jokes are always gonna like do it for me sure. i know yeah that's like, at least it's the jokes right yeah, yeah there's there's two brothers on there too where like and every once in a while like they would just be on there talking about something and somebody else would be like would you guys stop making out and like i don't know what it is but that's just like two creepy brothers who hang out and just hold hands and kiss a lot just i think it's very funny i don't know so that's probably the most i've embarrassed myself uh laughing at a thing in public i, I had a moment and um this wasn't me laughing although uh i listen to podcasts a lot when i drive like most people and i pulled into a drive-thru and because i'm a polite boy i you know pause my podcasting or my music or whatever i'm listening to during the drive-thru so that i'm not that obnoxious guy right and um order my food pay for my food go to the next window and then somehow like was playing with my phone and then hit play and and you're gonna think i'm making this up gary and i promise you i'm not (laughs) it was it was an episode of abject suffering and I don't remember the episode, but you guys were saying some god awful things, <laughs> and just like had the window down, the chick had the window open in the thing, and just like started blaring like I don't I don't remember what it was. I wish I could remember like which game you guys were talking about or what you know tangent that you guys were on. But I was like scrambling to try to find the pause button and everything, <laughs> and the chick just kind of gave me a look like why are you blasting that stuff? And I'm like I'm so sorry, just give me my burgers so I can leave. <laughs> this is the worst. Yeah. Yeah, that's a you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of adult content on that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, it's rated explicit on iTunes, like you warned me. Yeah, I knew, I knew going explicit. in. I, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't pretend to to have a high-minded sense of humor about stuff. So it is, uh, you know, so he's gonna like something about like it's also I love it in that show too, like recording it where because uh, I tend to think of myself as being more vulgar than cool in general. Um, it's just kind of the rhythm. But every once in a while, like the very first like object suffering, we started talking about like 
he he very clinically and nerdily explains what cummies are. Yep. And the way he said, and I'll always remember, this is like going to be, in, it's in my Cole Hall of Fame. I'll always remember him being like, my understanding is that <laughs> you have this relationship with a with a, a daddy and you'll just do anything to get their cummies. And like he, explained it, like, he was explaining like, uh, you know, like property law or something yep. like to that. And it's, it's that, that, that really got me as a <laughs> really good, like my understanding is you'll just do anything to get those cummies. You're and, uh... like, just, my, Your my silence life. right then too was just like definite. Like I was just waiting for you to say something, <laughs> and you were just letting them keep going, just burying himself deeper, and it was so great. No, 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 because I because there's no floor for me. Like there's no too far. Like I don't actually think that too far is a thing. If you're if you're having fun, you know, I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that when you start thinking about stuff like that, then you're you're doing it wrong. You know. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. But the uh, and and that coupled with the fact that like cummies is actually a word that makes me a little uncomfortable. It's pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. Like I, you know, I like you know talk about a lot of vulgar shit and i'm also adult who like you know kisses girls and shit so it's 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 you know i'm I'm very familiar and comfortable with a wide variety of sex acts but that (laughs) specific word makes me uncomfortable in a way that i uh a wide variety look here we've got about 20 minutes to fill in this episode do you want to give us your like top 10 Uh, no, I, I think that we could probably move on. You, you guys uh, can't see this, but me and Gary are in a video call right now. And he just whipped out like a hardback leather bound book and just set it on his desk and dust Thank God flew it was a up. Book. So, yeah. Um, rather than a hardback, uh, anything else. So, mm. um, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, the final one did I, I read the last one, I think, uh, do you want to read Gabe's our actual final one? Yes. This was actually from Facebook. I went and looked and we did have one comment. Um, I just listened to the first episode and loved it, but please tell me you guys are going to be talking about the failed Generation X TV pilot. I still have the VHS copy I recorded when it aired in 1996 on two tapes because our VCR freaked out and spit out the tape halfway through, which was incidentally taped over the, over most of the Night and Terror Tower episode of Goosebumps. I'll even buy you a copy of the DVD if need be. Um, fortunately for Gabe, this is on YouTube because I have watched the beginning 10 minutes of this and it is disgustingly bad. So we will probably get to it. <laughs> I can't believe it's on DVD. Like that's a that's wild to me. That's something I have to own on DVD. If that's something that came out on DVD, like you, you think you can actually like, like wow. you can't buy that on DVD, right? Like they don't release pilots on DVD. No, I I, I can't imagine so. But like, uh, yeah, that's a uh, twelve dollars uh, from MaximumSound.org. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's hard too because it has really bad uh, SEO. So a lot of things are coming up as Generation X. There's a, a wrestling thing that looks like it's a bunch of people in costumes. Like it looks like it's going to be this Generation X. But um, that, that's what I'm pushing for to do between these seasons because it's a roughly time appropriate and like bad things make good content. You know, I think it'll be fun to to make fun of it. Also, I haven't seen it since it came out. I watched that shit on TV. Really? Um, yeah. Like I was like, just like, cause I was, I was watching, you know, reading generation X at the time. I was like, man, they're doing a generation X movie. I guess I don't watch this. I think I wrote my friend into it. Uh, who was like the guy who I've talked to Austin, who was like way more into the Batman show and likes Batman comics. And, and like, you know, I was like, no, no, the X-Men cartoon is really good. Also, they're making a movie, this comic or like, and then we sat down and watched that. And I was like trying to present that Marvel was worth a damn at all. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this DVD. I love that. Uh, that DVD cover that they've got, which is an image. <laughs> Like a cropped yeah. image of the cover, just a square image on a like it's just the most ridiculous thing ever. I, I just oh there we go. I thought I got rid of it, but I just tried to make it bigger so I could look at these uh this cast of teens on the front. Yeah, these I know are some it, good it, teens. They add new teens to it too. It's like there's like reflex and like super beam or something like that. There's there's real weirdos that they add to the team. Look at that Emma Frost man on that cover. That the girl on the right is Emma Frost. Read and weep. 
Oh. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so we, at some point we'll definitely do that. If not this time, we'll do it soon. Yeah, yeah. If not after season two, it'll definitely be included in the in the pantheon at some point. Yep, yep. Well, that wraps us up. Um, thank you everybody for listening. We really appreciate you writing it in. Um, as you listen to the next few episodes of the season two that we're covering the animated series, if you come up with a question, don't hesitate. You can email us right then. Uh, email address is dofcpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to duckfeed.tv slash contact. We have Facebooks and Twitters. So just say, hey, I'll just include this on your next feedback episode and I'll make sure to make a note of it and we'll include it on there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. If you, uh, and the other thing you can do, if you like the show other than contributing to these feedback episodes is, uh, ratings reviews, as we mentioned, uh, that's very helpful. Uh, telling people about the show, you know, is, is really huge. Like we want people to, uh, you know, deck feed is mostly as video game shows. We're kind of branching out into some other stuff and it would be awesome if people listen to it. So, uh, that is up to us a little bit. Like we can try to make that happen, but it's also up to you. So if you find stuff you like, uh, please, 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 uh, let people know about it, spread the word, things like that, rate and review. All those things are very important. You can also support the network directly by going to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV and giving a couple of bucks a month. Um, there's a bunch of different tiers that get you all kinds of different rewards, whether it's access to the Slack or episodes of podcast early or exclusive episodes before they go on various stores. So definitely go check that out. Gary, I don't, I don't know if you saw me put this in um, the Life Channel of Slack the other day. Uh, this rapper guy that I follow and have been following since like the early 2000s put out a call. I'm like, you guys show me successful Patreons. You know, I want to see how people are doing it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to self-fund for 2017. And I was like, you should check out these Duckfeed guys. He's like, all right, man, I'm going to look into it, even though they're just podcasts. And then like 20 minutes later, these motherfuckers are making $4,000 a month. They're my heroes. And I'm like... <laughs> Uh, (laughs) it just really cracked me up so yeah go go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and support the show just like mc soul did (laughs) yes it it is uh thank you very much mc soul uh i I appreciate mc soul um yeah and then uh you know that that's uh that's probably it um we really do appreciate it and uh intel so we'll be back in two weeks with uh the beginning of season two which we've already recorded that episode and it's it's great it's a heat uh you you will enjoy the nasty boys absolutely <laughs> thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time good night <laughs> how many rappers have you shouted out on the show precisely zero I'm gonna have to send you some of uh, MC Saul's anarchist raps to see if you can Like they, they signed like I, you know I explained to them what the problem was and what it was and they just reiterated you know reiterated the same thing like this is for e-check payments for eBay things and I, <laughs> and you know, I like, said like uh... it's not an eBay thing a bunch of times and then they signed their, their emails uh, PayPal loves you <laughs> like <sighs> good fucked like oh my god go to hell visitors are verboten because we're we're starting, you know, the new season is Momodora. I, I like legitimately like want, really want to replay Salt and Sanctuary. Like I think that like with a different build, uh, I think that I might have a better time with it. Um, and yeah, so I'm really looking forward to. it. I'm a little worried about Neo. Like that's something that a lot of people expect us to play, and I'm interested in. But if the whole thing is as hard as the demo, it's going to be frustrating. And yeah, have you tried um, Let It Die yet? Not yet. Yeah. 
I played a little bit of that uh, because I don't. I was planning on downloading it, but uh, B Wade said, "Oh man, you got to check it out. It's really good," and it's surprisingly good. Like it, I don't really normally get into like that kind of wacky aesthetic that they were definitely going for in the trailer, but like it's the combat seems okay. Like it's not to the level of Dark Souls, but it's very much a like a it scratches that roguelike itch really really well. And that's interesting. Yeah, like we we might do that to you. Yeah, you know, I'm. I, uh... I would definitely like check it out because it's free. And the free-to-play stuff doesn't seem to be too harsh on it. Um, like, all of the good. transaction stuff is like, hey, do you want to buy insurance so that when you die on a run, like, you can just be resurrected? Mm. That kind of stuff. So, like, or, like, elevator skips, right? Because you're climbing up a tower. So, like, just skip to level five or what have you. So, oh, gotcha. They're like, level select. I have and heard then, then that I... um, that if you don't have, like, whatever free, whatever DLC thing, like, there's a gold elevator thing that you can buy, and you can walk up to it and, like, opens up and then just slams in your face if you don't have it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Flipped my shit over Dishonored when I played it, and, like, part of it was just like, oh, this is, this is not that hard, and it's not that deep, but it's just, I can do a bunch of cool shit, and I'm in a, in a mode to be very receptive to that. You that know. game has finally clicked with me after like uh, I'm glad. Yeah, like two or three times of like playing it and um I was so hung up on the stealth aspect of like I've got to reload every time I get caught or whatever. And um again B Wade mm-hmm. just told me like, yo, dude, just just kill him and just make sure that I, you and you do the contracts non lethal. So listen listening to B Wade instead of me, man. I've been saying that for like <laughs> how come Brian's got this direct ear to your to your heart? I've been saying that publicly like on Twitter to nonstop, like way more than anyone's shit. I don't like, know. It's it a game a... about getting caught. Like you yeah. gotta gotta get caught the uh the it lethal, was duck like, stream that did it because um brian was being such a huge oh yeah dishonored person in the chat so i think that got like i think he sold four copies of that game that day <laughs> there's a uh, the the kind of the player expression stuff for killing shit is so good like i um have you have you gotten to like the asylum yet have yeah, you done that level mm-hmm. um there's a this is not really a spoiler there's um some guards sitting around a table eating eating food <laughs> That's what I remotely, but they're like, they're, they're eating there and it's like a set piece there and they've got a rune under them. So you have to like, if you're being stealthy, it's really hard and I'm playing through it stealthy now. Like, and it was really tricky to figure out how to do it. Like I had to like slowly like lure them away by throwing glasses and like setting up, uh, you know, shock mines, you know, near where the glasses are and stuff, which was fun. Like, that's cool. Um, but, uh, when I did my lethal version, I stuck one of like one of the razor, mi- I like killed a guard stuck a, or no, it killed a servant. Stuck a razor mine to them, got in the rafters and threw the body on the table. <laughs> so they all stood up because there's a body on the table and then the mine just exploded and sliced them all into pieces. And I'm like, that's so fucking good. Like, oh, that's great. Like, like you just you can do like all kinds of weird shit. Um, something you can do if you're playing as Emily uh, that I didn't uh, realize is uh, you can create a clone of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know how you, you can avoid fall damage if you do a drop attack. Yeah. So you can create a clone of yourself down at the bottom of a large pit and then drop attack your clone to get down <laughs> there. Awesome. It's like this, this fucked up uh, prestige <laughs> shit, you know, um, like there's just like it's it's a real playground for doing stuff. And it drives me nuts that everyone just gets hung up on this like but stealth would be the good option, you know, like that. Like I want to play get the good ending and do the. And it's like, no, like the game, there's a lot of stuff you can do if you give that up. Uh, that is just like That's feels cool thing with stealth games though like i was always like yeah that with metal gear i was always like that with like i've always been like that with stealth games and i think that's why i've never like got through them i would just like constantly want to reload all the time or you know 
and Metal Gear, like especially playing it way after they came out, like the, my options after getting caught kind of sucked. I always thought so. Like, okay, I'm just gonna reload. But yeah, it's just, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, and Metal Gear is terrible about making it fun to get caught. Exactly. Like yeah, until that's, until that's, uh, five, it was until five, is, and then five, it's great. Yeah. Um, but in five, that's right. Five is the best Metal Gear. Exactly. Like, agreed. Uh, totally yeah. agreed. Like, like, <laughs> like it's it's super fun to play. Like, um, yeah. So the uh, it's a yeah it's it's very um it's been very fun to to fuck around with with that stuff and super satisfying and like the uh i'm really glad that we're gonna cover it for for watch out for fireballs too because if there's a game series right now that i want i'm like trying to get people to recognize how good it is like that one might be the one like they're they're batting a thousand for me like i like you know i love the first one the dlc for the first one's really good like if you end up going back um, oh, the, it I'm, also I'm, plays that's the one i'm playing into, right now i haven't i haven't oh I'm you're doing the, the you're doing the first one mm-hmm the uh, DLC leads. Okay, so the clone thing isn't a thing you can do. That's only in the second one. Yeah, and, and um, you and can play as Emily yeah, as the in yeah. the second one, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, the uh, the DLCs for the first one are story critical for the second one, and are also great. Cool. So it's a uh, you know the the series doesn't have to my mind does not have bad content in it. Like I like just about everything about it. Um, also, if you're playing the first one, like you have to go, you know, not only like you know like like Brian said, do the contracts, but kill enough people to be high chaos on the balance because the ending is better um, yeah, that's what that's what that's what i've heard um because we yeah. talked about this on uh dark insight a while back and like my two the two dark insight guests were just fucking raving about how great dishonored was and they were like yes you need the high chaos ending you need to do that yeah like, okay cool so. it makes it it makes a huge difference like the low chaos, like the second one doesn't do anything quite that neat which is kind of a bummer but the first one like it's uh it it makes it it makes it come alive so it's extremely good um and you get and you'll be able to if you end up liking the first one you'll be able to jump right into the the second one it, it has a higher difficulty curve in mm-hmm. the beginning um but uh it flat you know it, it flattens out into that like kind of satisfying flow space like quickly enough so cool um, cool do you, you want to uh, do, do some x-men shit yeah let's uh let's do some some listener mails here I'm assuming that the um, ending to Final Fantasy 15 is just all of those dudes having to get a job and not being able to hang out with each other anymore. <laughs> yeah, like the, 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 the trust fund getting cut off. Exactly. Um, like, oh, all of a sudden you have to pay for your own gas. Oh, fuck. I guess I'm staying home. <laughs> people hate the ending of that game. Um, it's been like, I, I don't need to go on a tangent about it, but like that's been talking about that game has been so interesting because like it's a really weird game. People are very like defensive about it and very few people can explain what's good about it and i've gotten a couple good like articulations but professional reviewers are bad at talking about that game um i haven't read a review that like does a good job i think um there's there's just too much history built up to it like it's like the it's just like the last guardian which is out now too like there's just too much fucking history around it yeah like people cannot escape themselves from talking about like the last 10 years of that game. the context yeah yeah well like with the last guardian like there's kind of mixed reviews like it's mostly i think it's got like it's rolling at like a 79 or an 80 on metacritic like Mm -hmm. there's a you know there's lots of positive reviews and the bad reviews are just like hey this this trick they decided to do to make the dog creature hard to control is actually very frustrating and not cool you know, like it's hard, it's too hard to control and it makes playing the game frustrating. Like that's a solid, you know, point, right? Like the Final Fantasy 15 one reviews are so like full of just like, hey, all the quests are just go and fetch things and nothing, <laughs> nothing really happens. And the combat is actually really shallow, but I love it. And nobody, <laughs> nobody will really say fun. like, yeah, but it's, you know, and it's just uh, a couple of people have just said like, it's, it's one of those things where it's hard to articulate charm. I think the, um, um, the, the thing I've, 
and I'll probably cut this whole section out and we'll put it at the end or whatever, or I'll put it in the other episode. Um, the, uh, the thing that I saw on Twitter, one guy explaining is like how physical the party is with each other. And that was what he was really digging. So like mm-hmm. in a, in a combat situation, if somebody falls, like one of your dudes runs over and actually like picks you up, like there's scenes like in the, like when you're running around where like, as your party is chatting with each other, as you're running from one place to the next, like dudes turn around and kind of jog backwards and like, there's like a, they like interact with each other constantly. So like it really brings you into that friendship. I think that's what mm. people are reacting to strongly, but like the game around that just sounds like boring JRPG bullshit. Even the stuff that yeah. it looks like it's like, Oh, I found a level 9,999 monster in the woods. Like, okay. <laughs> like that, that whatever, like you can't fight it. Like, what are you going to do? Go grind some other dungeon until you can fight it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, but that's, that's the so, best some thing that, that stuff I've I think is, <clears throat> Some of the things that about it, like the level 9,000 monster thing, like I think that actually is cool, but not like weird. Like the guy, um, the Van Vleer guy, um, Ra- Ra- Rami uh, Ismail, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, was like, this is the best Final Fantasy and the best AAA game I've ever played. No explanation. And it's okay. just like, you, you can't you can't do that. Like that's, that's, you know, and even if it does have those like little buddy interactions, like if it is like, this is about male friendship and I respond to that, the amount of hyperbole that's coming out of it is really bonkers to me like you can't just be like hey this game has some flaws it does this one thing really really well it has to be like this is the most fun i've ever had with a video game you know and it it just just to just to be fair that was one dude on twitter and like he's an anime freak so like he's he's into into that world but that was literally the only good thing that i've i've heard about it that made me go like oh okay i might pick that up and just see how that interacts yeah i i'm like genuinely curious about it i'm not gonna buy it you know a 60 dollar game but i'm like i genuinely i'm like pretty curious about it it just it reminds me of like the discourse around uh uh i've gotten i moved to post irony with the word discourse like now i say it non-ironically um <laughs> with with again with uh final fantasy games and zelda games and stuff where like there is this this blush of just like holy shit this is pretty and polished and then but some of those are really bad games like Final Fantasy 13 is a really bad game. Skyward Sword is a terrible game, but people were really into it when it came out. Yeah, you know, it was, so it it's like just letting this from what they loved. Exactly. Yeah. So like cool it a little bit and nobody, nobody is like, there's no caution. You know, it's kind of, it's, it's just, it's an interesting way that there's something about certain franchises like that that just cause people to lose their goddamn minds uh, about this stuff and just go all in without a little bit of like restraint. And it's just very weird to me. Um, and again, that's not saying the game would be bad. Just that like, it's, it, if you just took a list of things I read about it and broke them down into bullet points, it sounds bad. Yeah. Right. Like, like it doesn't mean that it is, is bad. Boring. Like the quest or just fetch quest. The story doesn't go anywhere and it's yeah. nonsensical at the end. Like, it, well, and gets, yeah, it gets not like actively worse. Like once it stops being a road trip, almost everyone agrees it's pretty shitty, but <laughs> yeah. people are still just like 10 out of 10. I can't believe this game didn't get made until now. It's perfect. Like, you can't like a game can't be like have one kind of fun open world thing and all those bad things and still be like, like it reminds it's again, this is just because of the media I've been consuming has been on my mind, but like it reminds me of Westworld, which is like something I ended up liking a lot, yeah. but has a lot of problems on your way to getting to the cool parts. And the, it, it just, you the, know, the, the good doesn't outweigh the bad. And things. We, we watched the episode. We watched the last episode last night and um, like mm-hmm. the um, Maeve's plot line. The, the, which one you're, you're Skype kind of hiccuped Maeve's there. plot line the uh, oh yeah yeah the 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 uh, the whore master or whatever like who's like yeah. controlling everybody just yeah. making the madam made no fucking sense to me whatsoever like what, i hate it what is like, she er- doing all the, 
all the time we spent with her felt like a, a bad waste of time. And it was like a, a pacing thing and was not an interesting mystery. And then it was undercut by making it all part of the plan anyway. Um, but it, it just introduced like some, so when I say the good does not weigh the bad, that's not what I meant. I meant the good doesn't erase the bad. Like yeah. it can be on the balance, a good thing. It still has these bad things that are worth talking about though. Like in, in Westworld, which has these like fascinating ideas, it still ended with literally five twists in the space of two episodes. <laughs> uh, like, and it had those two coroner guys who I think are two of the worst characters that have ever been what committed was, to fiction. What is the that beard guy motivation? Like what? Yeah. It's, it's like, there's a deleted scene where she's like, Hey, if you help me, I'll give you this. Yeah. Or Hey, if <laughs> you don't help me, like why, why did Beardo not call security? Like why at any did, point, why, they, did, why this, did Beardo not destroy her when they rebuilt her body without the explosive device in her spine? That was the yeah, perfect like, time like, to it, do it. Is it did, did you make a killer cowboy robot factory and not include a panic button <laughs> in like the rooms where you like you didn't include cell phones in your plan for your killer robot cowboy factory? Everybody like, relied it is on just, fucking it, it just, Siri to control these robots. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> It is just, uh, it just it ends up being silly. And the thing about, you know, when the argument where people are just like, no, no, this is an A plus show. The cool stuff it does is great. And like, I agree, the cool stuff it does is awesome, right? Like, there are things, there are plot lines of the show that I love and really impressive tricks that it does and stuff. But those other things are still time I spent with it that weren't additive, that weren't valuable, you know? And it, it's one of that's the difference between something that's good and great, you know? So even if with like Final Fantasy 15, uh, eventually i'll get a chance to play it and it's like hey i really love this buddy and around stuff because that does sound cool and like i'm down for a story about male friendship um that even if that stuff is very good it's like this other stuff that's there that's bad does reduce it you know like it makes it like you can still make it worth doing and worth playing mm-hmm. but it makes it like a less like holistically perfect exactly you know kind of thing and like it, it doesn't that, matter the story that the last guardian is going to set out to tell me like in the first hour like i've been struggling to be able to like look at a certain thing like mm-hmm. if i can't if i can't control the camera to look at your crazy ai creature that's beautifully animated like there's a there's this cut scene where you're like sidling along the edge of a of a cliff and there's like these series of like stone mountain things that the the creature trico is like jumping to and the whole time I'm like sidling along this cliff and I'm like trying to pull the camera so that I can watch this creature jump because that's interesting. Like I've sidled across cliffs mm-hmm. before camera fighting me the entire time. It doesn't matter like yeah. how great this game is. Like I'm I already in like kind of aggravated by it. <clears throat> All that stuff matters, you know, exactly. and it doesn't, it doesn't sink it. Right. Like nobody is saying like, it's not petty. It's not like you're saying like, this is, will be a bad game because of this flaw it's that flaw is interfering with your enjoyment of the good thing. Mm-hmm. So like the, you know, with Westworld, like all that time, every time we cut to the real world with Maeve, I got frustrated because it was putting off the, the good stuff, which literally came in in the like last two episodes had a thousand twists and like, man, would this have been better served by doling those out a little bit and focusing on them, oh, you know, man, being a, the, like a six episode thing instead of a, a 10 episode thing. Don't even get me started on like the chick from Veronica Mars. That's like from the, the board or whatever like oh she's the worst oh my god she's and and that that went nowhere like she's like hey i need to save this writer character who is the second worst character after like thank god for him or otherwise beard mortician would be the worst character in that show (laughs) like he should thank his lucky stars for swearing british writer who swears swearing british writer seems like the the guy who wrote the show had a roommate who he really hated and decided to put a caricature of him in the show (laughs) 
a screenwriter. Like there, there's, yeah, there's no <laughs> way that character uh, is not a character, like a, a, an insult to somebody. Wait, wait, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw this at you. Was somebody like an old roommate of Gary Witta's and now Gary Witta is out there writing like Star Wars Rogue One and he's like still, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's just writing <laughs> shitty British writers into all of his stuff. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, not great. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's just, uh, so anywho, like things are good and bad. Yeah, um, yeah. And things can be like, I don't think that there's a problem with that. And I get really weirded out. Like, um, I, I don't remember what I said on Twitter today. And I, I said something and, uh, they were like, well, it's still better than buying dishonored it, you know, something, something. And I was like, that doesn't have anything to do with what I was saying. And like, mm-hmm. things can be good and bad at the same time. Like, just because I say something's bad doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to experience I have a podcast where I re- I'm going through the animated X-Men series from the early 90s. <laughs> I don't mind bad media. I can look past flaws. I just also think it's important to talk about both. Sure, sure. And if, if the one influences the other, uh, then it has to be, like, you know, it's worth talking about. Yep. And the idea that, like, you know, there there's a weird, like, kind of uh, when I was bitching about, or I wasn't bitching about, because, again, I was just talking about how weird it is, the conversation around... Um, around Final Fantasy 15, somebody was like, "Hey, why you got to shit on everyone's like? People are just happy about it. Why do you have to?" And it was it was very much. Um, it seemed like a if you can't say uh something nice, don't say anything at all, mm-hmm. which I like is not useful. Like that's not that's not a useful attitude. That doesn't apply to art. That applies to people. Not I was about to say it's only useful you know? when it comes to people. That's how your mom meant that. <laughs> she didn't yeah, mean yeah, it about your did. precious fucking video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your mom didn't mean for you not to say bad things about the cartoons you're watching. Yeah, yeah. Your mom you wasn't know, talking like, about Dragon that. Ball Z. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so fucking weird. Like I nerd culture. Like I, it is a it is a frustrating thing. Uh, the like a fandom attitude towards this stuff i think is not very useful or interesting and uh gets on my nerves about this stuff like you know and it's not like like i will talk you know until the cows like the cool things that like westworld does it's not like i want to spend all of my time talking about the two dipshit morticians but because of it standing out in contrast so much to the cool stuff like every time i had a visceral reaction every time they were on screen like why are they doing that this is so bad like that's yeah. those little like bad things you do, those little flaws like that. Like you, you people are creating like you're you're damaging your work, like by you, doing things like that. You can make all the piano covers of Radiohead songs that you want to, but I'm not going to forget that the Asian dude has no motivation to help Maeve whatsoever. Yeah. And <laughs> like, and just spend literally the entire time going, oh, 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 like have that like fi- that, that expression on his face for like six episodes. <laughs> it is it is the the you know the worst uh, you know. Um, and it, it just sucks because it overshadows the actual interesting stuff. Like I, that, that multiple timeline twist is great. Like well, that's masterful, you know, uh, put in a spoiler warning. Like if you, if you use this for anything, yeah, uh, yeah I will. just because it's, um, I, do, I would hate to have somebody have that thing spoiled, you know, for them. Cause it's, that's like, you know, on a, all the other twists, you know, in the thing, like the, that Ford being Arnold, all that stuff, like that's, that was good. The actual fact that like she was actually reliving, you know, it was showing other timelines, like, that assumption them fucking with that is great. And really early on, I was like this conversation that she, uh, that, uh, 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 what's his name? Ford is having with her. Is this multiple conversations? Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of had this hint at it, but I wasn't totally sure. And that's the best way a twist can articulate is when you don't totally predict it or have it spoiled, but you have like an inkling. And then like, it turns out to be true. That's very satisfying. Um, so anywho, uh, Westworld, um, <laughs> so anyway, Westworld, <laughs> Yes. The wild man of Borneo 